live. Dude, they just saw what you did. I don't care. Online. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Trethaway. Uh, hey, cheers, buddy. Yeah, hey, nice to see you, bud. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so excited for this episode. This is uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful spot, man. Thank you, sir. I like it. I like it. It's There's, not bad. Yeah. I like it a lot, too. It's my favorite bar. Is it your favorite bar like, yeah. to go to? Even? Yeah, I, I tell you what, man. Like BRI became my favorite brewery because I made the thing that I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, the kind of the culmination of all the different uh, breweries that I had been to, and yeah. so that is that is my favorite brewery because um, it's literally exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, and um, and then you know creating this uh, this tap room and arcade, this beer bar. Uh, this is this is a place that like I like to hang out at. Like, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. Well, I knew that I knew that it was uh, I knew that it was going to be great, right? Just because of you know BRI and and you know everything that you've done there. But then when I came in, what about a month ago? I was, I was delivering some uh, yeah. issues of a Taste of AZ magazine. Uh, nice plug. <laughs> and, uh, so, subtle plug. You know, I got to get them in there once in a while. Yeah. But but uh, I came in and you you, you kind of showed me around and dude, this is incredible. We're going to get into some of the details. I mean, you can hear shit going on all around us. <laughs> There's always noises in here for sure. <laughs> Does it take people a while to like, especially people opening up to like not get freaked out from well, the random noises? It's not necessarily uh, freak out anymore. It's uh, it's more of an annoyance because it's like constant noise in your ear all the time. Um, but it's also part of it, right? It's part of the atmosphere. So um, it, it's it's good, man. It's Can you good. adjust it? Um, like- so one of the things that uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but all of these games have uh, and the pinballs have an attract mode. Okay. And they're designed by the programmers to lure a person over to the game. So it makes noise and it calls you out and it, yeah. it, like, it does things, right, to yeah. attract your attention. So it's called attract mode. Yeah. Worst thing ever, man. It's just the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> so you got these like, pinballs over here barking at you all day when you're trying yeah. to fill a beer order. So we, uh, we've turned all the attract modes off or yeah. down to the lowest level okay. on the pinball machines. And then we don't have any attract modes on the, uh, on the arcade games either because it's just... It becomes too much at a certain yeah. point, but when you have all still the, pretty cool, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have certain weeks where you're like, you know what, Tubin, we're going to give you the audio this week? <laughs> yeah. So they all they all have the audio turned on for yeah. sure, like when you're playing. But if you're not playing it and you're walking by, it's going to bark at you yeah. if it's in track mode, and nobody needs it. That's so. interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting thing that probably 98 percent of people don't know. Sure. That, like you know. Well, we're, so all these games were. I mean, literally, they were designed for one thing and one thing only, and that is to steal your money. Yeah. Like that is what they're. They're all super hard. Like none of these are easy games, okay. right? Um, especially when you get back into the '80s and like early '90s. Like none of these games are, are easy. So uh, they're designed to separate you from your money. Yeah. Now they're fun while that's happening. Sure. And you get entertainment value out of it, but like the game is not designed to be beat. Like your yeah. game at home is. Like yeah. your game at home is designed to be beat. To yeah. play all the way through. This is designed to let you play for two to three minutes and yeah. then eat your money. Yeah. Um, so we've got, <laughs> like, you, you know, you, we can set them at different levels for, you know, different um, difficulty levels and stuff yeah. like that. And we've got them all right in the middle. Uh, so you can get you can get good value out of them for sure, but they weren't designed to beat. Yeah. yeah for That's, sure. Dude. Well, so, uh, so how did the idea for this start? So go back, uh, December mm-hmm. of 2017. I knew, I knew it had been a few years, uh, but, uh, that was last time that you. That's when we highlighted BRI. Okay, we came in, did video and stuff. Man, so that was been, a while ago, huh? Right? It's four or four and a half years ago. Yeah, okay. Crazy. So, uh, so I, I gotta be honest with you, man. It doesn't feel like that. But I know. okay, yeah, okay. I know, right? right. Uh, well, we lost two years too. 
For sure. Like everybody oh, lost yeah. like two years. That's so it's right. really only been two years. That's true. In real okay. time. I okay. like that. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, Let's like do that. That makes me feel better. Okay. So, but it's been a while. So, but, but. You know, kind of go back and, and you get to hear the story of, you know, the, the culmination of, of BRI. Um, and I would say a lot of people that listen to this show at this point, they know BRI at this point, know your beers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we're coming up on eight years, man. So, yeah, like, we're, uh, we're, we're almost in that old guard kind of uh, realm now sure. where, you know, we're certainly not the new kids on the block by any uh, stretch of the imagination um and we were for a few years there and that was a lot of fun but like you know now we're just we're kind of getting that old guard realm where we've been doing it for a while we're solid we're consistent uh we love what we do yeah um and we have we have found that groove like we know who we are and we know what we do yeah and we're just riding that right now so how how did you get there do you like if i know you know that that's a whole other episode in itself right but how, how did you how did you get there so uh, to to hear or to, well, to, to just like 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 learning who we were? Yeah, learning yeah. who you were. So like, I, I mean, I think that just comes like day to day and repetition and like doing the grind, right? Like sure. you got to grind, and I like you know there's there's some there's some uh, you know chain concepts around the country that uh, you know have multiple different brands under their belt, and those guys like what they do. Um, yeah, they're great restaurateurs, but what they do is they really design concepts and brands. Okay. So like they've kind of got it figured out before they go to market. Yes. Uh, we're small, local, independent, right? Yeah. So we didn't know who the hell we were when we opened. We, yeah. I mean, we knew like who we were as individuals. Sure. And then it's like, how do you put your individual thumbprint on this brand? And like, you know, this brand needs to walk a certain way and talk a certain way and smell a certain way and yep. sound a certain way and taste a certain way, right? And you know all those things. But, like, you really got to figure it out on the fly. So, like, you know, there there is no, like, there there's absolutely no direct path. There's no roadmap at all. Um, you just start to figure it out. Sure. And what, what we've always done, what I'm proud of, is that we're just, like, at our core, we're genuine. Right? Yeah, sure. and, yeah. and I think you agree with that. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. So we are, you saw the instant smile on my face. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's not a better word to describe you, Matt. <laughs> we, we are genuine. So yeah. um, we just, we lean into what we do. Yep. Um, we do it our way. We don't make too many apologies about shit, yeah. you know, um, and uh, I just hope that other people dig that, right? Yeah. And so if we can, if, if, if I can kind of express, like, you know, my inner soul onto this brand and other people dig that, well, then, man, that's great, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Yep. Um, what I don't want to do is a lot of compromising and things like that. So what I've always just done is, uh, I guess, the the, the path uh, that doesn't really exist is just being just being genuine and following the, you know, when, when the world and when the business and when the customers talk to me, I listen yeah. and I figure what direction that we need to go. And we've changed directions yeah. several times. We've evolved, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's just like, just looking at it every day, being in it, being yeah. present, having your finger on it, uh, things like that. And, um, I mean, that's really it. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't know what BRI was when, you know, I, just, in fact, yesterday I got a, uh, Facebook memory that popped up and it was, uh, it was the day or like two days before we actually started doing demo at BRI okay. eight years ago, right? Wow. So like this this uh, November will be open for eight years. So we just started getting into the demo phase right now. And I'm looking at this building that we're in and it was just, uh, it's it's just so different now, right? Yeah. I don't. So, I, like, I only know it as BRI. So right. So yeah. it was this. It was this other thing before, and then we turned it into 
um, what it is now. And if you remember in the very early days, like it was very austere, man. Like it was, it was very, uh, very minimalist. Like there wasn't sure. a lot going on yeah. inside, like decor wise and things like that. And I was like, let's just keep it simple. Like l- yeah. let's focus on the beer and the food and the experience. And like, we don't need this, that, and the other thing. And then over time, like you're in the space and things just start talking to you. And then you're like, you know what? This thing belongs here. Let's yeah. do this with that. And, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's an organic approach that uh, probably a lot of restaurateurs and, and brewery owners wouldn't be comfortable with. Like I, I know a lot of people like to have like the whole capsulated thing, like sure. ready to roll or force um, it sometimes, right? Like, yes. Oh, we need something there. Go yeah. figure something out. You know, I, I've seen that too. And that's just not really my style. So yeah. like, I just like things to evolve naturally and, and organically and, and, and it really has. And so now like, you know, like BRI is like a, like a, like a really rad pair of jeans, man, that yeah. you've had for a while. Like it just fits now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at first it was, uh, it, you know, it, it, it needed a lot of work and, um, and, and again, we just kept grinding. So I don't know, man, yeah. that that's, uh, being genuine, grinding, um, just paying attention to things and letting them occur organically. Sure. I, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't advise that to anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's painful sometimes, but it, uh, but it all worked out, sure. you know, exactly the way it's supposed to so well, because yeah. uh, because you followed who you right and that's one yeah. of those things when people are like how would you do this how do you do that well it's i mean there's there's so many uh intangibles that are involved in that especially especially when it's an individual right like an, and yeah. I'm not saying you're not, not saying the br is an individual but i see personally i see you know all of this that i i see you and all this stuff you know and and so I, I try to make sure that like the, the voice that BRI puts out, like that, that's, that's my voice. Those yeah, are my words yeah. like that, that. That's the vibe. Right. And so, and, and, and that gets challenging sometimes. Right. So as we have grown, we've grown our team, we have new individuals on and everybody brings something great to the table. Yeah. And, and those contributions have helped steer me in new directions as well. Right. Yeah. So, but I just, I always want it to, uh, walk the way it walks and talks, talk the way it talks and yeah. all that. And it has to have that, 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 that brand, um, voice and image and things like that. And so yeah. it's, um, I tell you what, man, it's been, it's been absolutely, it's been an amazing adventure. Um, there is nothing else in the world that I would rather be doing. Yeah. And so Hell that's, yeah, that's, that's what's up. Dude, cheers to that, yeah. right? Yeah, cheers to that, it. man. And that's why that's why you're able to create great things, right? Because you love what you're what you're doing, right? We talked about it, like, uh, you know, I've always felt that I was meant to be on this, you know, I was meant to do something, and I was searching for that thing, and then you know, recently I realized, dude, I'm doing it. Like I'm do- the path. This, you know, like you said, the oh, journey yeah. is is that's the path is rad, man. Like yeah. that's like that's your day to day experiences, right? And um, we have good days and bad days, right? For sure. Okay. Yeah. But it, man, in the grand scheme of things, it's good. It is. It's good, right? Well, especially so. if you we've if you've experienced, you know, uh, years of stuff that you hated. Sure. Right? You know, so like, I, yeah. I, I I know we've both been in office settings and we've both yep. been in corporate settings, and you know, there's a lot of value in that, and Absolutely. you and you learn a ton from it, right? Yep. And I learned a ton from that world that I've been able to apply to my mom and pop local independent yeah. place right yep. um because there's there's certain things about corporate that work and make sense and, and the reason they're there is because they work and make sense yeah. right and so if you can if you can bring that over and apply it to if you can just glean those little experiences yeah. from whatever you're doing um and then apply it to what you want to do that's what's up 
Absolutely, man. And, and, and in fact, that's been a, like if you're starting, a, you know, a small business or whatever, it's beneficial to know what the big corporations do. How do the big corporations deal with this or deal with that? Well, you know what? They got systems and those systems work, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. I, and it's so funny. I was telling somebody's story the other day when I was in cubicle land and we used to have <laughs> headsets on. Yeah. Oh hey, yeah, right. Hi. Exactly. I just got it because it was it was we they were full circle, bro. Yeah, I'm like shit. I'm still tethered to something, you know. But uh, no, I, I love it as well. But, but you know what? You're tethered to your headset right now, yeah. and that's what's rad, right? I like that. Yeah. I like the way you said that for sure. Well, and, and what this? Um, I mean, the place itself is is really cool, and I want to get into some of the video games, uh, sure, or the arcade. I used to say video games, but well, I mean they games. are right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the games. But first. The beer, right? Yeah. Because that was, that's what, <clears throat> I don't know, kind of, it, it helped, to, to, it, it even refined my, dis, my opinion of what BRI is uh, even more in the sense of, I'm like, oh, I wonder what beers they're going to have on tap, right? Because, you know, you go to your spot, we, we go to BRI and there's, there's a range of things and Belgians and all this stuff. But when I came here, it really highlighted for me like, oh shit, these guys have carved out Core beers, 480G, Lolly, Morning Sex, Urban. Like, as you go down that list, those are all ones now that are starting to become kind of those craft beer household names. You know, yeah, Dark yeah, Sides, sure. Cereal Figs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so, I mean, we've got, we've got our core lineup for sure. Um, and that's something that I, like, I don't see us deviating from. And the only, the only one that's on that uh, that was a surprise to me uh, or that I didn't anticipate it being a core beer is Urban Art. Because uh, okay. I honestly thought that I thought New England IPAs uh. would be just a, a, a flash in the pan, and I thought they were. I thought I thought it was going to be a fad, and they'd go away. But clearly, they're they're here to stay. And I've actually really, really learned to appreciate them uh, for what they are. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've always been I've always been a West Coast IPA guy. Four eight OG, right? Yeah, I mean, like that's that's, the... <laughs> that's my baby for sure. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so we've got our core lineup, and then we've got our secondary uh, cores that are more seasonal, and then we've even got a tertiary like you know core lineup as well that like we don't brew them seasonally, but we'll brew them annually. But they've always been in our stable, and okay. we're always going to bring them back and circle them back through. And I, I think a great example of that is like one of our opening year beers, uh, a beer that we brew consistently at least every year is uh, Street Cred, you know, the Black okay. IPA, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, it, which is absolutely Absolutely, the people that love that beer like absolutely love it, yeah. and it's one of my favorite black IPAs I've ever had, and that's why we started brewing it. Yeah. Um, but like that's the like that's the kind of beer that, quite frankly, if I have that out in spring and summer, it just doesn't move. Sure. If I yeah. put it out in the fall, it's gone yeah. in, in like a couple weeks. That's a really so good point. It, it's just it's a strange thing. So I wish people enjoyed that beer all year because I could drink it all year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but you have to follow what the market's telling you. Absolutely. Right? So the market yep. says don't brew that um, when you're getting into warmer weather, which is just odd to me because like morning sex, morning sex is in our top five beer, uh, you know, depletions every single month of the year, uh, all, year round, yeah. all the time. And that is obviously a much it's a it's a well, it's lighter in alcohol, but it's a heavier beer um, in terms of body, uh, way heavier in terms of flavor. Yeah. Uh, and that beer just sells like crazy year yeah. round. So I don't know if it's the coffee. I don't know if it's the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's all it's, of it. It's, it's probably all of it, but, um, so, so yeah, so what we want to do, so the, the impetus here, right. Is that 
um, you know, we talked a little earlier just about kind of evolution, right? Yeah. So when we opened BRI, BRI was a very, very simple concept. And what it was for me after, you know, spending 20 years at corporate America, I wanted to have a local mom and pop shop. This this before BRI even became an idea, yeah. right? So the idea was local mom and pop shop that, uh, focused on scratch food and craft beer. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. And that was going to be my act of retirement. I'm not but, working for anybody else anymore. This is going to be my business. I'm going yeah. to go home. I'm going to go in. I'm going to work, you know, 12 to 16 hours a day. <laughs> but when I go home, yeah. I, I'm going to sleep in my bed next to my wife and not in a hotel room and not traveling and all that. Sure. Right? No, no, look, real quick, let me interject. When you say craft beer, do you mean making your own beer? Was the vision to have a tap room? So, so originally, um, so this is this is before I even started homebrewing. Yeah. This, the idea was in my head and yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't called BRI then. Right. Sure. It was yeah. just like, this is my, this is my next chapter. Yeah. My next chapter is getting out of corporate America, getting out of franchising, moving in this, in this independent direction. And so the idea was like kind of in the can. And then as, uh, our homebrewing progressed and, uh, I started getting more and more and more frustrated with franchising in corporate America. Yeah. I, I just, I was like, I was like, okay, I, I, I want to open a brewery and I've already got the restaurant and the concept. I, I got that in the can. Yeah. All we really need to do is we need to take our brewing operation and plug it in. So we need yeah. to find a place where we can like do all of it. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of how, how BRI came to be. So the original plan was, I just want a small local independent brew pub. Yeah. A place where we make the beer, we make scratch food, we take care of our customers. That's what I want to do, and I want to go home every night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. That was the important part. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sleep sure. in my bed every night. Balance. Right? We were talking about that yeah. balance. Yep. So, so that was kind of the idea. And then as we get up and running um, and we start to get some, some exposure and some notoriety, then we have people that start contacting us and saying, hey, we'd really love to put your, your beer on tap at our, our place. Yeah. And that wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. Not at all. Sure. Right? And I mean, we started on a little tiny five barrel brew house with three five barrel fermenters. Like that you could see as you're sitting at the bar, you can yeah, see that right there. Yeah. There's, yeah. We don't great. have the volume to sell beer to anybody else. Yeah. But holy shit, it was flattering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it was flattering. And so, and so that becomes like a reactionary ego stroke. So we didn't get into distribution from a standpoint of ego it was something that was requested of us we did it it felt really really good like it's it's a it's a hell of a stroke sure (laughs) and so so we we started doing that and then once we started doing that then other people wanted it and then we realized that we don't even have enough beer here at our home base yeah like there's not enough beer at the mothership to even be able to sell to people yeah so then we did the expansion and the expansion project was to double our footprint in in, in our retail space, yep. uh, expand our brewery by by you know four hundred percent to be able to make sure that we never run out of beer, but also to make sure that we can get some beer out to the public. Sure. Um, and so that was the plan, and that all happened like at the end of two thousand seventeen, and we opened that expansion in two thousand eighteen, and then and then. Years and years and years now, I've been making beer, uh, or we've been making beer for um, ourselves and our customers and for accounts. And what has been always crystal clear, uh, very apparent, is that when, when you make beer and you sell it like this, it's a really, really good business model. And when you're our size and you make yeah. beer and you put it in a keg and you sell it, you're, you're literally working for free. 
Oh, shit. So that difference between you pouring your own beers compared to... Wow. Okay. So what, what, what sales and distribution did for us is it definitely allowed us to expand our footprint. Yeah. It definitely allowed us to create a lot of uh, uh, additional awareness and interest in our brand. Yeah. What it did for me personally is it allowed me to create jobs. Uh-huh. So I was able to bring on another brewer, yeah. um, and I was able to bring on some seller uh, help, and then I was able to bring on a sales rep and like things like that. So we created jobs, and we you know we contributed people's livelihoods, yeah. and that's rad. That's pretty I love rad. that. Hell it's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So like all that's feel good stuff. From a business standpoint, uh, you're you're doing all that work, you're making all that beer, you're um, employing all these people, and you're you're doing all these things. And there's really very, very, very at, at our size. I'm not saying this is the thing for everybody. At yeah. our size, um, you're you're literally doing all that work for free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that becomes frustrating. After sure. Because it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of cash flow. It's a lot of balancing. It's a lot of juggling. Um, but it's good stuff. Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so then I thought, uh, so coming out of, uh, 2020 and 2021, um, I said, you know what we need to, we, we, again, we know who we are now. We've, we, we have established who we are. We know what our personality is. We know what our drive is. Yeah. We know what this brand is. We can articulate that. Um, we do the same thing every day. We got it. Yeah. Let's open up a, a tap room. So. I wanted to open up a tap room specifically for the purpose of bringing more of our beer directly to the consumer yeah. um, in a brand that we control. We control yeah. the quality of the beer. We control the quality of the lines. Yeah. We control the quality of the, uh, is the glass beer clean yeah. or is it filthy, right? For sure. So yeah. like we control all that with our beverage going into it. And so that's like, that's really important to me yeah. um, because, you know, they're, uh, and I would never in a million years uh, call them out, but there's accounts out there that don't clean their own lines. And there's accounts out there that, you know, don't have clean glassware and they're selling our beer. And sometimes that's, um, sometimes that's soul crushing, right? Yeah. Now, um, it doesn't happen all the time and it doesn't even happen a lot, right? But it happens. Sure. So, so if we can retain control of how our beverage, um, gets delivered to you, well, that's just better for, for my brand and my team and for, for sure. everything we're doing. Yeah. So, so the goal was, uh, how can we get a new location? Just a, just a simple tap room. I've already got one kitchen and in post COVID, uh, one kitchen is probably one too many, yeah. uh, for <laughs> sure. any, for any operator. Uh, it's it, cause it's turned into a nightmare. Uh, but, uh, but we wanted to open a tap room. So, so we started working on that. Okay, let's open a tap room. Well, back in uh, 2020, um, I broke down at the brewery. I had always wanted it since we opened, but I always wanted to have a tapper arcade. Um, okay. I always wanted to have that in the brewery because it's beer-themed, and you're serving beers to customers. So, and, what, yeah, what is the game? Oh, Tap- so Tapper, old school classic. I think it's 82 or 83, and uh, you're, you're a bartender, and you are pouring beers, and you're serving them. To customers on a bar, yeah, and then you have to go through and you have to collect their tips and you have to collect their glasses oh, as they sling dude, the glasses awesome. back down, and it's it's just a really really fun 
very difficult yeah. uh, game. <laughs> um, but what I loved about it is it was beer-themed. In the original game that came out, uh, Bally Midway actually partnered with Budweiser. So there's like it's all Budweiser-themed. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. I mean, those guys, they were ahead of their time. They were like, hey, this video game thing's popping. Yeah. Maybe we should like get wow. in on this. Heck, yeah. So those were just at bars. Those were never at like arcades and stuff. Yeah. They were just at bars. And then, you know, uh, like a year or two later, they were like, hey, we need a family-friendly version of this for Chuck E. Cheese and like all the arcades. So they yeah. made one called Root Beer Tapper, right? Uh, so okay. so we, right. Got, we got the actual, we got the Budweiser Belly uh, Tapper. Dude, that's and, great. And it was, it was just one of those games that I was like, I, we need to have this at the brewery because yeah. – why shouldn't we have that at the brewery? So at at, at, uh, at Stapley, and, yeah, yeah, yeah at, the, at the mothership, right? So we, uh, I bought that and I brought it in. And while I was waiting for that to ship to me, um, I found a Donkey Kong here locally, and somebody, some just some random guy was selling it, and I, I, I bought it and yeah. I brought that in. And so Donkey Kong's in there. I'm waiting on my tapper. Uh, Tapper comes in. I got Donkey Kong, and then I saw somebody selling a Donkey Kong Junior. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm, and and so I I just started buying arcade games. Yeah. Um. So it was it was cool. Like they were in the brewery. Um. It gave you had more room now because you expanded the. the we expanded yeah. and like through COVID, we had to shut down like the vast majority of our seating. Uh-huh. So when we had when we were forced, <laughs> when we were literally forced by the government uh-huh. to restrict our business. I had to make some serious uh, decisions and changes. And so one of those decisions was in that whole expansion side um, dining room. Yeah. Uh, we we had booths all on that long wall. Ah. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, well, I don't know if these jabrones are ever going to let me open again. I don't know if they're going to let me go back to full capacity. I don't know what they're going to let me do, um, which is just a really weird thing for me to process. Sure. um, Because I don't like being told. So so I had a really rough time. Does that track? That tracks, right? So, so. Uh, you know, I've got all these, I've got these different rules and mandates that I, I have to abide by. Otherwise I get completely shut down. Yeah. I, I have to put all my employees out of work. So I've got to play ball to make all this shit work. Yeah. So I decided to kill all those booths. I was going to leave the high top tables that were in there, but I was going to kill all the booths and we're going to turn that into a barrel aging room. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Um, they if, if COVID or some other pandemic comes up, they can't tell me I can't age beer. Right. So yeah. like, that's like, come on, like I can stack those barrels up to the ceiling. Like, yeah. so it, maybe, it, maybe in this environment, it's a better use of that space. Yeah. So we made the decision to do that. Uh, we've stacked that whole wall full of barrels, but then that room kind of becomes, um, it became a little, a, a little vacant. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it just wasn't as full. Uh, and I and I couldn't make it as full because yeah. I, right. I couldn't put people in it. <laughs> right. Right. And I really wanted to have people in it. Yeah. So, so we started stacking up arcade games and uh, and kind of turned it into like little arcade room, barrel aging room. There's still seating in it. So as I'm going through that and I'm exploring that idea at the brewery, and then we're talking about doing a satellite tap room. Um, it just occurred to me one day, like like. Like I, I've got two passion projects here. I've got two things that, I, that I'm very excited about. I love making beer and being, you know, uh, being that hospitality place and taking care of our guests and giving great experiences. And I also like I grew up on this stuff. Like, yeah. and not only did I grow up on it, but like I remember when like I'm of a certain age yeah. that. <laughs> When I was born, arcades didn't exist. Uh, I watched arcades become reality. Okay. I watched them become a thing, right? Yeah. 
And I remember going to, you know, uh, Pizza Hut, like the old, like, red tent, like, actual, like, legit OG yeah. Pizza Huts. And there would always be, like, these little cocktail tables, and you'd play Miss Pac-Man, and you'd, oh, you know, right. yeah. you'd kick your sister's ass yeah. at Miss Pac-Man <laughs> yeah. and have fun doing it, um, getting grease all over the top of that thing and <laughs> spilling Grabbing some stuff from the salad bar. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, but, like, but, like, when video games, like, hit the market as, like, a, as like a big thing, as a big entertainment thing, like... Like that happened in my lifetime. Yeah. So that was pretty cool and it was formative. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's a part of my childhood. Yeah. So um so then you fast forward and I'm fifteen and sixteen and I work at this little amusement park in the Podoc little town I grew up in, but it's very similar to Golfland. Okay. Just just a little smaller, right? Yeah. So there's there's the there's the water slide and there's the yeah. b- bumper cars and the go karts and and then there's a big arcade. Yeah. And so we all, we had free run of this arcade and every day after our shift at the water slide we'd get you know a fistful of tokens and yeah. we'd play arcade games and yeah. so like I remember when some of these games like literally like when they got them when they first were released and they showed up and like the next weekend like we had this new game to play yeah and it was just cool right so again just uh, formative years um, something that I've always been passionate about like arcade games like video games in general whether you're playing on a home console or you're playing in an arcade it's it's a little tiny slice of escapism sure right? absolutely it's, you shut everything else off yep. you're in the moment you're playing a game you're, you're entertaining yourself yeah. and that's like that's always like I'm not like a huge gamer by any stretch of the imagination yeah um, and I'm not good at any of these right. <laughs> um, I have a lot of fun playing them but I'm yeah. not good at any of them yeah um, but, but there's that little that for 25 cents i can be entertained and i can escape like all the all the external bullshit sure. just like in yeah. the moment um and i think that's pretty cool that's pretty right? badass. it's pretty cool absolutely yeah well hey man my battery's about to die on the, it just died Perfect. oh so let's take a little pause here yeah can i get a refill can i get a 480g mm-hmm. and then we'll get this thing rolling well, i got 480g's for you <laughs> All right, should we do a little uh, new little spur of the moment uh, waiting for the talent uh, beer review? We're here at the Beer Research Institute Arcade and Taproom, I think is the name of the official name of the place. Uh, Beer Research Institute. Our pals uh, at Beer Research Institute are doing amazing things. And Matt Trethaway is somewhere around here. Uh, I think he's probably fixing a video game. But he just bored me. 480G West Coast style IPA, and uh, it's delicious. And there's an advisory on here that says gangster hop excessive content. Never saw that before, Matt. Never saw saw the advisory. No, that's great. West Coast style, one of the best in the city, in my opinion, in the state of Arizona. Love BRI, and don't say it too loud or it might go to his head. All right, get it. What'd you get, buddy? Same thing? Crispy? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on crispy right now. It's uh, it's warm out, and I have to actually work and get shit done, so I can't <laughs> I can't drink uh, 480Gs all day anymore like I used to. Well, it also helps that I'm 280 pounds. Yeah, you, you know? can you can probably handle that one a little bit better yeah. than me, but um, yeah, man, it's uh, you know first couple of years in this game, like you know. I don't want to get, go off the rails, but like first yeah. couple of years in the game, you um, you have this, or I had. I don't want to put my shit on anybody else. I had this uh, this this thing that was in my head 
where I thought that like I always had to be hosting. I always had to be like engaging everybody and like everybody wanted to have a beer with me. So I thought I had to have beer in my hand all the time. Sure. And so, and that was usually for OG. And so, you know, you're drinking 8% IPAs all day and, um, man, that's, that's not good. (laughs) It's not not good for life. So, um, I had to have a, I had to have a little wake up call a couple years in and, um, just kind of get my shit together. And so now, you know, uh, listen, I, I love the beer we drink and I love to have uh, like Ford OG still my favorite beer and I love to drink it. What I, what I kind of approach it at now is like, I want like I approach beer like food. Like I want to enjoy it. I want to revel in it. I sure. want to like I want it to be an experience, right? Yeah. And so if if you're drinking for it OG all day every day, it's no longer an experience. Like yeah. you you're just you're just getting a buzz. Yeah. Um that's what you're doing. You're chasing that. And yeah. so now when I drink it, like like you know, I don't I don't drink that every day. And so when I do have one, I'm like God damn, there you are, baby yeah. boy. How you how you been? How you been, old friend? Oh, I missed you, you know? And, and that old friend will treat you well, It right? will treat you really 8%, well. It's, it's, and, a, it's a big hug. And so now, like, you know, when, uh, you know, and I, and I think this is kind of the brewer's move, like the, you know, your typical brewer, you know, they're, they're going to have a, a couple throughout the day. And, um, man, if you're not drinking light lagers, like, you're in trouble. So, yeah, um, so yeah. yeah, Crispy Boys is, is one of these ones that we came up with a couple years ago, and it is just, it is beer-flavored beer. It is uh, craft-made. It, it's everything I want it to be, but it's it's that session beer that you can just drink literally all day long if you want to. Uh, we got a little love song to Ryan, my boy Ryan Sandlin on the, yeah. on the, uh, on the label there. So uh, all those are all three versions of Ryan. Yeah, those yeah. are those are that's those are my crispy boys right there. <laughs> that's great, and congrats to uh, to Ryan and Laramie on the spot. Up oh there. yeah, their expansions just that's, God, it looks pretty sexy. It really huh? does. I need to get up there. Yeah, yeah, I need to get too. up there, Ryan. I'm sorry. We'll be up. We should go up and do a podcast. Oh, there you go. With them. I've, I've been busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, no, nah, this is a great beer. Love it. Love the the design. Yeah. Um, so, th- th- you decide the expansion. You want to. You you've been wanting to kind of expand. Pour your beers from from your taps into in a different environment, and all of a sudden. You it gets you in attract mode, right? Tapper was in yeah. that other room talking to you. Saying, he was talking hey, to me for sure. <laughs> well, and, and so like I get I get a little um, I tend to get a little obsessive on things uh, for something will grab my attention for a while, yeah. and then it's it's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. And so like after I bought the uh, Donkey Kong. Um. I was really excited about that because I, I, I love that game. Like that's yeah. my favorite game in the whole house. I love it. And again, I'm not good at it, but I love playing it. <laughs> um, but it's just, there, there's so much memory and so much experience tied to that game. Yeah. Um, whether it's the best game in the world or not, it doesn't matter. It's my favorite. Yeah. And I will constantly play that game. Yeah. So, and then I buy, and then I buy that Donkey Kong Jr. And I was like, okay, fucking wheels are off the bus let's let's so Donkey go Kong jr was that that was the tipping point that was the that. third one i bought yeah and that was that was and then i'm like okay i'm all in and then i had to have talk with my wife and i had to say okay so hey i'm doing this thing yeah. <laughs> and so so just buckle up because yeah. i'm on something now yeah um and she knows like if i'm on something i'm on it yeah and so so then I and then I just started Scott. So I had the idea in my head, and I was like, okay. So I'm going to talk to and you know we've got a good handful of minority investor partners at BRI now. And I was like, I was like, I know for a fact, like they're everybody's already on board with a tap room. Yeah. Everybody's on board with it. 
Um, the vast majority of them, when they come into BRI, they're having fun playing the games. They yeah. know it's kind of a little, you know, passion project of mine. Yeah. So I just started buying games. Yeah. And, and I was like, <laughs> they're going to be fun with it. And, and, and they were. And yeah. they were. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I was in tune enough to know this is going to work. And so I brought everybody together and I was like, I was like hey, let's, let's get a meeting together and let's, let's chat. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And it's gonna be fucking rad. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "That sounds rad." Yeah, and so Hell we did. Yeah. It. So everybody was on board. What year was this, approximately? So this is this is 2020. Uh, end of 2020. Oh shit! Okay, end so of 2020. pandemic's already freaking throwing haymakers. And yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, but I, but I'm like, okay, so we're either gonna we're either gonna bob and weave, and yeah. we're gonna get through this. Um, which we, you know, man, no lie, like we we took we took some hits on the chin that sure. year. Like, yeah. like that was that was a gnarly year. I've never seen anything like it yeah. in the entire time I've been in the restaurant industry or in the beer industry. Never seen anything like it. And I don't know anybody out there that would say anything differently. Yeah. Um, but you either you either rise up and you start swinging, or you duck down in a corner and you start crying. Yeah. And I I'm not that guy. You're not a crier. I've no, never seen I'm you cry. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I, I mean, I've cried. I've, <laughs> I cried. You, do, you do seem like a sensitive. Dude, yet. Listen, man. <laughs> if, a, if if somebody's hurting a puppy, like, yeah, come on, oh, right? dude, right? I can't handle yeah, any I'm kind of sure, yeah. abuse like that. But comes um, <laughs> well, a bit. Like you're yeah. you're you're I, a business guy. You you know. I know. I know that like. We we either have to be swinging and throwing fucking haymakers, yeah. or we're done. Sure, and and that's really what 2020 looked like for a lot of people. Like yeah. either either just get it, or you are done. Yeah, and yeah. so so we just started swinging, and um, I was able to. Uh, there were some big big structural changes that year, um, and on the backside of those structural changes, um, I was able to uh, get uh, an influx of money into the company. And, um, you know, the, the partners that I have believed in this idea. Yeah. And so we, we self-funded this, like we, we, we ponied up our money to do this. So yeah. I didn't go out and get a bank loan. And, uh, it was, it was just one of those things. Like if we can't do it on our own, like, let's not do it. Like, sure. let's, let's make sure this thing floats. Yeah. And so we, uh, we leaned in and we, and we did it. And so by that point in time, like by the time I got the approval from everybody, like I, already, I was already sitting on like, you know, like six, eight games yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, cool. Well, hey, guys, I got a head start. Let's go. And, um, and, then, and then it was just, it was the hunt, right? And yeah. the hunt is very exciting. Sure. Right? Like yeah. the, the hunt is a lot of fun because you're doing like these barn picks and you're doing like lot buys and yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to like size up the person that you're buying one from. Like, is this somebody that inherited this and like doesn't know what it is and like just wants it out of their house? Or yeah. is it a guy that like flips uh, arcades and is going to try to drive the price up? Yeah. So like everyone was a haggle. Everyone was a deal. Every, it, it, and it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But you like, come in with a, with a stack of cash. And, yeah. yeah. You know. well, I, well, I came in with a half a stack of cash and the other but, half. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. So uh, listen, man, this is all this thing's worth. Like, let me get it out of your way for yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got some great deals on, on some of these games. And then, and then I overpaid on a couple of them too. Whatever. Um, I looked at it as an average on everything. And I tried to maintain that average. And, and we did. Yeah. So we're good on that. I've got a couple of like absolute bangers. Um, that ice cold beer um, that you're looking at next to Tapper. Yeah. That's a rarity, man. It's not a video game. It's not a pinball machine. It's like this little electromechanical amusement thing that um, it's just weird. But um, 
the 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 design on that that comes from a company called uh, Taito, and Taito made several other video games, but they also made this thing, and that was specifically designed for bars. And yeah. if you make the ball all the way up to the tenth hole. Um, you light up the star, and the way it worked back in the day in the bars is if you lit up that star, you got a free beer. Ah, shit. And it's called ice cold beer, and the play field looks like a beer with yeah. bubbles and stuff in it. There's a girl in a dress, yeah, blonde it's just, girl. Yeah, looking, it's just really know, holding cool. Holding the beer. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a really cool, unique game. Yeah. But, like, that game, like, that's the most expensive game that we own in this entire collection. Okay. And it was one of those things where I saw it come up for sale, and I was like, if I don't buy this, I can't haggle this guy. Yeah. If I don't buy this today, I'm n- I'm not going to see one of these again for another like maybe five years. Wow. Okay. So maybe right. Sure. Because you knew like yeah. this is this is a rare opportunity to have. And it was here locally, and I was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> I will be there in a minute. <laughs> so I drove all the way over to the West Valley, picked it up, and we had to do some work to it and stuff like that. But uh, it was one of those things where like you either get it or you don't. So I wanted to make sure that we had you know some beer themed games in here tapper was obviously the impetus of the whole thing ice cold beer definitely fits um but then you know i don't know man we got we got a bunch of i don't know we got a bunch of cool stuff got a bunch of cool we stuff got a bunch man. of cool stuff well in 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 when you were guiding me through last time i was in you you were explaining about like so it's not it, once again it's it's depth right it's it's like with the beer it's like oh no that's just not a west coast ipa there's there's story behind it there's some depth to it yeah with a lot of these video games you're talking about how some of them are like the original uh console like there's there's depth to the stories as far as like that's the only one that has that that's, i mean right they, they definitely mean something to me right and i don't know if that that doesn't translate to the you know the casual player. Sure, nobody cares, right? But to me, I do. Um, like that Donkey Kong. That Donkey Kong is number three zero three six. That's yeah. the serial number. On yeah, three zero three six. Right. There was a couple hundred thousand of those machines made. So that one was made in the first year Donkey Kong machines were ever made. Yeah, right in the yeah. U.S. Right because they were originally made in Japan. Um, that's that's one of the first year production Donkey Kongs from from Nintendo of America. Yeah. That's just rad to me. Hell I don't, yeah, it is. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter to anybody else. Dude, there's it. a market. There's a market. We're in a big city. There's a big market in this city for people to say, dude, they've got one of the oldest Donkey Kongs. Hell yeah, I'm going right. to go there. So, so I, had I a, love I, it. So we had a guy. There was a, there was a little um, uh, convention over here a few weeks ago called ZapCon. ZapCon? Yeah, ZapCon. No. So they do it every year. It's a video game and pinball convention. Oh, it's sure. right in downtown Mesa. It's at the convention center. Really? And we're like, okay, well, we're going there. Yeah. So we set up a booth. We brought Tapper and Ice Cold Beer out, um, beer-themed games out at our tent. And we just put them up there for free play for everybody. Everybody yeah. that came through got to play them. And then we got to go through and play a bunch of games. So I meet this guy, uh, and he is ranked number 19 in the world on Donkey Kong. So guy gets... All the way through to the end of the game, gets to the kill screen. Like, he's that guy. Like, he yeah. knows how to play the game, and he's ranked 19. Um, that's that's a big deal for him. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's a really big well, deal for him. it's a big him. deal for him, and that's a niche, man. Like, there's a, that's, that's a but big he, deal to... He came in after the convention, and he played on our machine. He played on, he played on the lowest serial number machine he's ever played on. 
and that meant something to him. Yeah. He got his high score up on our high scoreboard. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know that anybody will touch it for quite a while. Yeah. And he didn't even play a full game. He was like, I'm going to play this until I'm done with my beer. Yeah. And he got like 285,000 or something like Dang. that, which is just nuts. Like, I've never broken 65,000 on that game. And this dude just comes in, sips on a beer, bang, 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 285. And he's like, okay, I got to go. And so That's but, really cool, though. But then, like, Donkey Kong 3 is a game that never actually was produced. Like, the cabinet itself was never made. Um, that was like a like a repro um, approach for, you know, originally a lot of these games were in bars, right? Okay. So you got a bar owner that's trying to make money on a game. They, yeah. want, they want the quarter revenue. So let's say two years in, Donkey Kong's not producing as much money any, anymore as it used to because yeah. it's getting kind of old and tired. Oh, yeah. So Nintendo comes out with Donkey Kong 3, and they go, hey, we've got a new... Uh, computer board for you and we got some new artwork and all you got to do is take your donkey kong artwork off and put this new artwork on pull your board out put a new board in you got a whole new game you can make uh, more money again yeah so they never made a cabinet for it it was just like a it was like a retrofit kind okay, of thing sure um well we have a donkey kong 3 cabinet that is pretty rad and, How? It's, and it's a great game well because I, I made it right <laughs> so yeah. i bought it i bought a red donkey kong cabinet and then we just outfitted it all we did the retrofit yeah. for donkey kong 3 but i don't know this is a fact sometimes i'll just state facts sure let's just do that right <laughs> i'm gonna I state a fact that that is math. the only donkey kong 3 in the state of arizona yeah because i don't and, and I always say that because I don't know of anybody else that would even put the the trouble into doing that. Sure. And yeah. it's not a very well-known game. but And it also, it's not a game that gets played here like very often. Okay. But I got, I got a handful of guys. Every time they walk in here, the, they dump a couple bucks into it. That's what they, they go to. And they love it. Yeah. Right? But it's just a, it's an oddity. Yeah. Right? So, so maybe, maybe that doesn't make us a lot of money. And it doesn't need to. I don't sure. care. Yeah. Um, it's furniture at this point, right? Yeah. It looks good. It's sexy. Yeah. Um, it's a great game to play. Um, and, uh, I mean, Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat 2 are going to produce 10 times as much as that game ever will. Yeah. Like, yeah. ever. Sure. Um, but it's also one of those things where, like, you know, this is an arcade. It's a bar. Um, at a certain level, it's it's kind of a museum as well because yeah. there's games in here you just don't see in other places. Um, you don't see a tube in anywhere. Da, I mean, no. there's, a, there's a couple of them, and that's a rad game. That's just it's a buddy game, and you drink beer and you smash buttons and you have fun. I, right? That had that hadn't crossed my mind in 20 plus years, right? Like that because I remember that now. I don't know where it was back home, but tubin was. A fun game. It was a great game, and then for you know, it just it just left me for so many years. Right. And then when I came, I'm like, you're like what? Tubin? Like yeah. holy shit! So and it's cool too because it's, it's it looks different. It stands out because it's oh, yeah, taller, yeah. it's skinnier. You know, Atari did a great job on on some of their cabinet designs where they 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 really tried to make them distinct, and I think they did that better than any other manufacturer. Because a lot of the games are just they're just funky cabinets, and sure. it's cool. Yeah, but. So like that's that's an oddity and and it's one of those things that again it's it's kind of a beer centric game. Yeah. You're tubing down a river and the goal is is you're picking up these six packs and these individual beer cans in the river 
and then you're throwing them at your buddy to to slow him down so you can pass him <laughs> or the guy that's fishing on the side or like you know the there's like a certain part where I think I think you're like in New Zealand or Australia and there's these natives that are show, shooting darts at you and you throw <laughs> beer cans at them to stop them from doing that so you're beer collecting cans are these, your weapon yeah your yeah. beer cans are your weapon man so it's uh it's a great buddy game and like we always see hardly anybody plays that solo it's okay. always two people yeah so I don't know, man. Like it, it, this was like a trip down memory lane for me because I got to go through and grab all these little nostalgic pieces from my childhood, yeah. and kind of back to, you know, back to uh, you know the BRI mode is that like we don't try to be all things to all people. Yeah. Um, I try to do the thing that I think is rad, and I hope everybody else thinks is as well, sure. right? And yeah. that, that's really the gameplay. Yeah. And so, so what I did is I curated this list of games that I was stoked about, and I'm just hoping that other people are too. Yeah. And there's a couple of them that I was like, uh, I, I could really care less about the game, but we have to have that in okay. here. Yeah. Otherwise, like, what are we doing yeah. if we don't have that in there? Yeah. Like, I'm not a big Street Fighter II fan. But like if you don't have Street Fighter Two, like what are you doing with an arcade bar? Yeah, right? um, there's so many people that absolutely love that game, and it was revolutionary, right? Sure. Like, yeah. Like it started a whole genre. Why of, two? Why two and not one? Um, two. Was it's it? just a better game. Okay. Um, just kind of put you it got together, better character. Though. You got better movements. Um, the original Street Fighter had like this really weird like delay button where like you powered up your your attack. Okay. Um, and then those fail all the time and. It's that just, was kind of the iconic image, though, right? Like when yeah. when a Street Fighter character would do that, but they would free like yeah, still right. So 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 we've got Mortal Kombat two as well. Mortal Kombat two is arguably better than Mortal okay. Kombat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Street Fighter two is like it. Street Fighter two is the game. The game that is the yeah. game. Well, and, and the research and the and the knowledge that you yeah. have helps to like, like. Why don't you have the original? Because the second one's because better. second one's better, <laughs> yeah. and people want to play that. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So like from a nostalgia standpoint, I mean, could we bring Street Fighter in here too? Sure. Of sure. course, we yeah. absolutely could. It's not going to get played anywhere near what Street Fighter Two will. Yeah. So, um. But we can certainly do it. But anyways, it's been it's been fun, and it's it, it's again it's this thing it's this this thing that I'm consistent with, which is I'm going to do what I want to do yeah. because I think I got a good handle on what people want, and I hope they dig it. Yeah. And so, like a lot of people are like, "Hey, why don't you have like NBA jams and NFL blitz?" And I'm like. Because it's like I, I, what I'm trying to do here is recreate that 80s, early 90s arcade that yeah. I grew up in. Yep. But instead of drinking beers out in the parking lot, we can just drink them in here now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, and so, so when you start getting into those newer, like 2000s games, I think it changes the vibe. Like, we don't have a golden tea in here, we yeah. don't have a buck hunter in here. Like, those just aren't the right vibe. Uh, when you come in and you see all these games and then you just open your ears, like you, we still do the same like skate punk that we do over at BRI, yeah. but like now in here, like it's, it's heavily leaning more towards like new wave. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of cure and, uh, Velvet and Underground, whatever. Velvet Under- yeah. There's some Velvet Underground there. There's Joy Division, you know, there's Talking Heads, stuff like that. But it's all like really rad music, but it's very period music as well. Yeah. So, like, I want this to have that like weird 80s vibe that, um, 
quite frankly, retro the retro is always cycling back and forth. Yep. Um, but like, there's a there's a whole thing, there's a whole pulse to that to that '80s vibe, and and it's pretty cool. It is, yeah, it is. Well, and 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 great move on that too, right? Because uh, you know, yeah, like you said, Buck Hunter, Golden Tee, those ones, like that's that's not it. You, you can you find those, like you get those. There's they're at a lot of places, and, sure. and they're just but. Like this is this is different, man. Like this is you want to play. You come in here. You want to play Galaga. Yeah. You don't want to play yeah. Golden Tee, right? Dude, the the pinball. The pins. Machine. You got to talk about the pinball. Yeah. Let's machines. talk about the pins. Call them pins. Can I yeah. call them pins? Well, yeah. You can call them pins. Can, yeah. Man, I tell that? you what, bud. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. No. Uh, the, the 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 pins are are pretty rad, and they were always part of the plan. Um, the, what we ran into is uh, I I don't know if many people know this or not. Pinballs are like absurdly expensive like you can buy a car for what you buy a pinball for really right yeah why uh well because they're rad <laughs> um well if you think about like all of the the intricacies of it right like i mean i feel like these are are the programmed right i mean yeah like the like i work on all those yeah. and like and i've just learned that shit over the last two years yeah so it's not like and 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 absolutely there's like a you know there's a hard stop on what i know and like, yeah. I, yeah. I know like okay <laughs> i i know what the problem is but i don't know how to fix it sure. so i need to call somebody in but a lot yeah. of stuff i know how to how to fix and repair and 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 sort of a couple of my partners too so it's um like we we handle most of it by ourselves this stuff that's a whole different world yeah so we were very fortunate. I found two different guys that have a huge collection of pinballs, uh, Jake Danzig and, um, uh, and then uh, um, another guy. Another, <laughs> what a badass name, Jake Danzig. Uh, yeah, his name's Jake Danzig. That's his real name? It's his Jake name, Danzig. yeah. Nice Every time I wear a Misfit shirt, he's like, I like your shirt. And I'm like, fuck, I know. <laughs> right? So... so uh, Randy, Randy Webb is the other guy. So we have, uh, so Jake owns the vast majority of these, and then Randy owns three of them. And so what they do is they bring them in, they put them on account. People play them and enjoy them. Those guys maintain and repair them. They keep them up and running, oh, nice. and then and then we just do a split on them. Well, what that did is that saved me probably about eighty to one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So like I didn't have to lay out that cash. Yeah. Um, and now we just do kind of a like a like a like a split. On yeah. it, right, huge benefit so, for them too, right? Great. Like well, was, yeah, because yeah. these are either sitting in their garage or they're out making them money. Yeah, and now they're out making them money. Um, but yeah, they they take care of all the maintenance and all that. So so we got we got some pretty good pins in there. Again, they're they're mostly um, like '90s era pins, yeah. um, which is again kind of my sweet spot. That's when I was working in the arcade as a kid. Yeah. It was like early '90s, so. Um, that's kind of where we're at. We got T2, one dude. T two has been oh yeah, yeah. peeking over our, our yeah for sure the whole time. And that that one gets a lot of love <laughs> as well. Uh, and then we got this pin bowling right on the end. This big Lebowski themed pin bowling that looks badass. Let me tell you something. Last month, so they wanted to bring that in. Like when we like before we opened, they're yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, I want to bring this in." I was like, "That's not going to play, man." Yeah. Like people want pinball. They don't want pin bowling. That sounds lame. I love the theme. Like I love the big Lebowski sure. theme. Like it fits into our bar, all that, but I, I don't think so, Jake. Yeah. And then we went out to uh, to uh, to Zapcon, and he had it out there. And every single time I walked past it, people were playing it, Dude. and people were having fun playing it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And then he approached me again. He was like, he was like, hey, like I've already got this thing in downtown Mesa, and instead of taking it all the way back home, I just want to run. It, I just want to put it in your shop. Yeah. Let me put it in there for a month. 
And if it doesn't work out, I'll get it out of there. Yeah. That was the highest playing game last month. No shit. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that's so awesome. People come in and they put they put their tokens in it and they they're you're bowling, but yeah. you don't you don't have to rent stinky shoes. Yeah. Like it's rad, <laughs> that's right. right? That hurt your feet. Yeah. yeah. So but like, you know, you get ten frames and people gather around that in twos and fours. Yeah. And they it's group pinball. Oh, you it's, can do group too. Yeah, that's it's so awesome. much fun. Hell so yeah. like that's like a really fun game, but it's not really pinball, but it's like pinball format. Um, and then the other games are, are super rad. Like we've got a we've got a really good Tales from the Crypt uh, that that gets a lot of action. Uh, a little Super Mario Brothers pin gets all kinds of action. Uh, Roadshow from from Williams is an amazing game. Uh, tons of fun to play. Creature from Black Lagoon, like you said, T two. Uh, we got a Dracula over there that pulls uh, quite a bit of attention. That Walking um, Dead one looks pretty badass. Like that, that's one, a little yeah. advanced, right? Like that's a, that's more that's that's the newer that's yeah. the newer school like Stern Pen and 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 it's cool and people love those new like there's there's a whole group of uh, pinheads uh, that <laughs> that chase all these new games and so like th- that's kind of an older game at this point but yeah. it's newer in terms of our lineup sure um, so they enjoy it a new um, classic kind of thing yeah yeah the the casual player the casual player here wants to play pinballing they want to play Mario Brothers and they want to play um, a roadshow okay. like that's okay. that's what the casual player and quite frankly the casual player is our that is our customer for sure so yeah we get the pinball guys in every once in a while, and, and man, they are absolutely just wild about pinball. Like, they yeah. love it. They're passionate about it. Um, and, like, that is what they do in their spare time. And it's really, really exciting to watch because, like, man, they know these machines like nobody's business. Yeah. Like, they know what to do on them. Dude, niches. Is, uh, I just incredible. try to keep the ball from going down the damn hole, man. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, man, but but you know what? I'm with you. Like, I would enjoy all of this, but. I see you and I being similar in the sense of it's perfect because I mean, and and this is the whole retro thing coming full circle. What a great thing for somebody who doesn't have a good attention span. I can barely make oh, yeah, it past sure. the loading credits of a like a Xbox game or whatever. Yeah. Like these this, games boot up immediately. Immediately throw in there two minutes. I'm like cool. That was yeah. cool. Or that sucked. I'm so, out. So <laughs> you know. So we uh, that. that I, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna jump a little bit, but like we've had a lot of people ask, like why, like because there are arcades out there that are free play, right? Okay. okay. So there's free play arcades. There's also like like wristband arcades where like you pay for the wristband to get in, and everything's on free play. Okay. Well, so if you don't have any investment in the game, um, then you're not gonna really enjoy it. I want yeah. you to have that 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 visceral experience of grabbing a token and putting it into the machine and knowing that you just separated yourself from 25 cents as small as that is <laughs> yeah but you just separated yourself from some money so invest yourself in the game sure play it yeah. play it all the way through play play all all three guys don't just like play the first guy and go oh this game sucks and walk away yeah because that's what happens in wristband places uh, they're just like i don't I like, like this and they walk away well like actually if you I promise you that if you put like two bucks into any of these games, you're going to find a point where you start to enjoy it. Two bucks. So that's two, kind of a I think, sweet spot. I yeah. think that's the sweet spot. So yeah. if you already know the game and you put a quarter in or a token in, you're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy it. If you've never played the game before and you just dump 
eight tokens through it and, and, and stick with it and play it, you're going to have fun. I prom- You're probably going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's, the game's probably going to chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> but then, like, I think that's kind of part of it, too. Like, we've got a couple games in here that are so just just frustrating. Yeah. Like, piss me off every time I play them. <laughs> But that's why I keep going back because sure. I'm like, it's got to be easier than that. I got to be better yeah. than that. I, I just need to play this more, yeah. right? And put in the reps. Yeah, you can put in the reps, yeah. right? Do the work. Yep. Take the steps. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you got to do that. And, like, and then, like, once you break through on that and you're like, oh, shit, I understand how this thing works right yeah. now, then it's fun. Yeah. But you got yes. kind of got to get there. And I think when you got a free play scenario, people don't do that because their attention spans are like we all have attention spans of mosquitoes now, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so like you play something and it doesn't immediately hit, and you're like, eh, later. Yeah. So you have to make an investment in yourself and in that game here, um, and that's that's why we do the tokens. Also, they're branded and they're really rad. And, oh no yeah. shit! Yeah, oh, yeah, I got, yeah, got, got a logo on it. Well, and you, you know, can. So. Well, I know at one point when, and, and I, we, I know we got to wrap up. You, you've got to open up here soon, but uh, yeah, you said this would be a half hour. I, Whoa, bro! <laughs> two half hour sessions, dude. The camera can't even keep up with us. We lost the video again, but no, it's, it's all good. good. It's good, man. Uh, no, love this place, man. Um, Pete can't. Do you still have it where people can become a, it's not a mug club, but it's a, it's a. Oh, the free play club? Yeah. So I did that as sort of a, uh, like a, like a last push fundraiser. Okay. To, I mean, quite frankly, so this project took us a year to do. Yeah. Which was at least six months beyond my time budget. (laughs) And, and then it also cost us about 150,000 more than what I was anticipating it to cost. So what I did is like right there in the home stretch, I, I, created this free play club and it was a it was a poker chip and if you bring that poker chip in you would get free gameplay yeah not not on free play but you get tokens okay i guess see what you're saying to yeah. play the games for free so you still have that versatile experience of putting sure. the the token in yeah and then you get happy hour price on all your beers every time you walked in yeah so i just did that for a very finite amount of time right before we open it is very exclusive. Yeah. Um, and then I cut it off once we opened. I was yeah. like, this was to serve a goal. And the people that got in on it got stoked for you. Fuck like yeah. stoked for you because you yeah. guys got it. You got it made. For life? And, well, for a year. <laughs> for a year, buddy. <laughs> calm, calm the F down, please. Uh, for a year. And so there's a couple other perks that come along with it as well. We're going to do an annual party where it's just people that have nice. that chip. Like, yeah. you have that chip. Like, doors are closed to the public. You bring your friend or your, or your girl or, you know, your significant, whatever. Yeah. Um, come in, uh, you plus one, and, like, the whole place is, it's yours. Yeah. Right? So we'll do that once a year. And, um, and you know, again, that was, it was more of a, um, I wanted to do that instead of, uh, and, you know, I didn't, I, I don't like GoFundMes and, or, uh, what was the other one that, what was the one that everyone used to do like GoFundMe. years ago? Oh yeah. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Kickstarter I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing a fucking Kickstarter, man. So <laughs> Matt Trethway is not a Kickstarter. I'm not doing a guy, Kickstarter, yeah. but like if I can, if I can create something of value yeah. and give somebody like a little inside, like I'm, I'm better than you cause yeah. I have this chip. I'm. I am so much better than you, bro. Look what I got. And I know, yeah. and I know it. When yeah. I see that chip, when you I'm see like, that chip, you're like, oh, I'm not as good as that you? guy. What can I get for you, sir? Can I get some of them tokens? <laughs> so, um, so that that was a very limited thing, and and we sold a good handful of them, and it was it was of interest to a lot of people, and um, uh, and it's good. It's yeah. it's good. It's flown. We we see these people in here 
every week. Yeah. Um, maybe not all of them, but like I'd say, bro, we've only been open for two months. Right? Two, really? Yeah, yeah oh, we've dang, only been it open. Seems for two like months. it's been a lot longer than that. Well, I mean, this project's been a lot yeah, longer well, yeah. than this, but um, <laughs> so we've only been open for two months. So we're seeing these guys at a very regular pace, and then I, like anything else, like as time you know goes on, yeah, it'll be less frequency, and you know we'll see them a little bit less. I, I I'm assuming, yeah. um, but like we we got it we got it into the right hands. Like you know, definitely a couple influencers, like people that are like always chirping about you know games and beer and yeah, stuff like that. Nice, so man. it's fun, yeah. very cool, dude. Well. I, I like I said. I know you got to get rolling here. Uh, do you have, do you have any like do you have any like last like do you have like a hard like pointed question for me? Well, I had one earlier, but you, I'm like, why the hell is Golden Tea not in here, Matt? Mm. No, I was just kidding. It's because it no, sucks. No. Well, you know my style. I'm not. I'm not hard hitting. I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, you're good at okay. doing what you do, which is talk about what you what you are creating. <laughs> not, not about. I, I can talk about me all day yeah. long, bro. <laughs> but no, you're very, like that's what I love. That's why I love. Uh, talking with you, whether it's on a microphone or it's not on a microphone, is yeah. you're so passionate into all this stuff and 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 there's a draw to that right and that trickles down to your employees that that i would assume trickles down to the customer sure uh because that's why like you 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 hadn't really talked about him like dude tell people about that that donkey kong 3 thing right it's really cool because it's it's cool i tell you what it's cool to me yeah right and so i think like there's a lot of things that are cool to me yeah and man if 10% 10% of that reflects to being cool to the, if 10% of what I think is rad, like reflects to the customer and they think it's rad too, I'll, I'm going to be fine, man. Like everything's well, going to be good. And you know, not to be the curmudgeon old man, but that, that approach, uh, allows you to avoid the people you don't really want to be around. Well, 100% man. And like I said this earlier and I've said this in previous podcasts, BRI is not trying to be all things, all people, yeah. right? Um, if we were, we'd probably be way more wildly successful than we are. Um, I, but I, what, I don't, I, I'm not trying to pander. I'm not trying to do, I don't want to be chilies, man. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, we do what we do. We do it really, really, really well. And if you like that, that's rad. You're going to dig it. And yeah. if you don't, that's cool, man. There's a hundred other places to go. Exactly. And, and I'm, and I'm just perfectly fine with that. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't. I am. Yeah. And it's uh man, it's so fucking freeing yeah. and just, it's a, it's feels good. Dude, yeah. much love, my friend. Thanks, brother. I would cheers you, but I'm, I'm out of beer. Oh, dang. 48OG was great. Uh, mm. Thanks for having me, man. Cheers. Keep, keep up the good work. Thank dude. you. Yeah.